Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Hi, this is Rachel Berkowitz coming to you from Jerusalem. This is Unit 14, where we're almost at the end of learning through the second chapter of Mishnah Pesachim. Last time we saw that the Mishnah discussed how human beings, not when they're making food, but in other ways, have to be careful about chametz, right? And I think this is linked to the original statement in the beginning of the Mishnah. We know that it's forbidden to eat chametz, but we also learn that it's forbidden. This is why we check their house to see chametz, to have chametz, and to get any benefit from chametz, right? And so even with things that we're not eating, like feeding our animals, or uh, making ourselves some exfoliate or, or masks to beautify our skin, we have to be careful not to mix water with the grains. And all the examples in Mishnah 7 were about mixing water with grains and what I had to do to prevent it from becoming chametz. Mishnah Chet is going to open with other liquids, a discussion about other liquids and the problem that they might turn something chametz. And it's, it, it has sort of an eclectic thing where it's going to bring also three examples. Mishnah Zion had three examples. This is also going to have three examples. And some of them I'm going to be able to explain better than others because I don't fully understand everything. Okay. Mishnah Chet opens. Ein notnim kemach letoch hacharoset o letoch hachardal v'im natan yochal miyad revimeir oser. So we have a dispute here. And it is describing a recipe for other types of condiments, right? We mentioned earlier that in Mishnah Vav, we talked about the maror and that the Korban Pesach was supposed to be eaten al mororim and that that was a type of condiment, right? A type of sort of bitter vegetable that you ate with your sandwich. And now we find out that human beings make other types of condiments that they use to sometimes change the flavor of things. Human beings care about the flavor of things and how they taste. Right. That's part of this whole discussion of enjoyment. So if you're going to do your normal haroset or hardal, right, haroset um, is something that we associate with the seder and with Pesach. But I think here it is clear it was just a type of dip. It was something that human beings dipped vegetables in that was more sweet flavored. Right. As opposed to some vegetables that could be bitter. And that's what they did normally. In the Seder, we're a little bit confused because we we don't usually have a, a vegetable dipping course and we're confused about how they ate. Um, but in the Seder, when we talk about dipping twice, the second dipping is dipping the marer in the haroset, right? And they probably dipped marer in haroset to take a little bit away from the bitterness. Um, but this is something that they didn't necessarily only make for Pesach, that they made as a dip for vegetables. Same thing with hardal, is it's a type of mustard right? Uh, that they put on things. It was a condiment that they dip things in, that they mix things. So when I'm making my recipes for these things, and it sounds like I normally, when it wasn't Pesach, would have a recipe that you added kemach to it. You would add flour. On Pesach, you can't add flour to the haroset or to the chardal, to the haroset or to the mustard, right? Because I'm worried that Besides having the flour to sort of make it more of a pasty feel, right? Maybe it was a little too liquidy. I wanted to add some flour to thicken it up. The other ingredients of these things, and we don't know for sure exactly what the ingredients is, but we believe that 
for sure Harosa had fruit products in it. And it also had some type of vinegary or wine product, but most likely a vinegar product in it. And for Chardal probably had a vinegar product in it. And so it seems like we're not concerned about the May Perot. We're not concerned about the juices of fruits. We're concerned that vinegar mixed with kemach, mixed with flour, that's going to be machmitz, right? Vinegar is a ferment. It's already fermented wine, fermented grapes. That's going to really ferment. So when I'm making my dips that I make normally all year round and I put kemach in them, I put flour in them, on Pesach, leave out the flour, right? They didn't have potatoes, so they couldn't add in potato starch as a thickener, right? So they leave out the flour. That's what you should do. And if you put the flour in, either because you forgot or because you think your recipe just doesn't taste the same without it, then eat it immediately, right? And as I, as I said to you before, it wasn't that they didn't use flour. It's not like today where they got rid of all their flour. They just had flour and they kept it in a state, right? You need flour to make matzah. Flour in its essence isn't chametz. It's just flour when it comes into contact with liquids, water or, or vinegar, becomes chametz. And here we see it's a process that takes a little bit of time for it to happen. So ideally, don't put it in. But if you put it in, eat it immediately before the fermentation process happens, and you'll be okay. Rabbi Mayer says, no, 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 no. If you put it in, it's, it's forbidden. You cannot eat it. He doesn't go with eat it quickly. He thinks maybe fermentation happens immediately, or possibly he's worried that you won't eat it quickly enough and fermentation will happen and then you'll transgress and you're getting yourself into a bad situation. And so he says, no, ideal, don't put it in. And if you put it in, don't eat it. The majority of you says, if you put it in, eat it right away and before it gets to be fermented. That's example number one. Right. And I think here, this is an example of human beings enjoying food. This is Hana at its best. I have recipes. I create food in particular ways so that it will taste good. I use food to complement other foods so that it will taste good. Right. That, that's, that's what baking's all about. And when I'm baking, I need to be careful about things becoming comments. Second example now switches. And now we finally talk about the Korban Pesach itself right? We've talked around it a bit and we talked about the things that go with it a bit. And now finally we're getting to it. But it's, what it says about it is interesting. It says, I do not cook the Pesach. And here I'm talking about the meat of the sacrifice. I don't do it not in liquids. And I'm going to explain what liquids means and not in fruit juice, but I am allowed to baste it in them, and I'm allowed to dip it in them. Okay, now here, what's a little bit confusing is, it sounds like at first that my, the prohibition that I'm concerned with is once again having liquid be involved, and I know that I'm supposed to eat the Korban Pesach with, with matzah, and I'm worried that when I make the sandwich, if these liquids are on the meat, that it will turn the it will turn the korban the matzah into chametz, right? From the context, that's what I would have thought, but that is not how most people understand this Mishnah, um, and they understand it to be talking about a specific rule that exists with korban pesach. Now the verses in Shmot twelve, right, where it delineated for us that in in verse number eight that I have to do it roasted and I'm supposed to do it matzot al marurim that 
that I'm supposed to eat it, matzah with marah, I'm eating it all together. The next verse goes back and redefines the importance of it being sli-ish, of it being roasted on the fire. And it says, don't eat it raw. It has to be roasted. And don't eat it with water, not cooked in water, not with water, not boiled. It has to be roasted. It has to be roasted. And so it seems to be that from this concern that we had about making recipes, and here we're going to be talking about the recipe for making the Korban Pesach, because it seems like I can season this, which is interesting, right? Um, I, I, in that conversation, I think about, well, I know there's a prohibition of adding water to something else. There's a prohibition of adding water to hummus. And I know there's also a similar prohibition of adding water to the, the meat. I'm not allowed to boil it. And with the chametz, I know that there, that other liquids like vinegar count as liquid that I have to be concerned with. With the korban pesach, do other liquids count as liquids I need to be concerned with when I said that it has to be roasted? And this Mishnah comes to tell us, yes, other liquids I need to be concerned with. And it says, lo b'mashkim, not in liquids. And in the in the Mishnah in Machshirin, in the Mishnah in Machshirin, it lists for us what are halachic mashkin. There are seven types of liquids that are that 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 are actually conduits for for tuma, um, and they include dew and water, which we've discussed water already. We know for sure the verse says don't do it, but they also include wine and oil, and it seems clear, right? It also includes blood and milk and honey. So we're not putting blood there and we're not putting milk there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It seems that this Mishnah wants to tell us, and wine and vinegar are the same thing, right? Vinegar is this wine gone off. Whereas in my Chorosid and things, I have vinegar. In my Chardal, I have vinegar. I cannot have the Korban Pesach not be in water, not be in vinegar or wine or oil. And Unlike with the charosa, where I and unlike the chametz, where I wasn't concerned about meperot, I wasn't concerned about juices, right? If I just have juice in my charosa with kemas, I don't have to worry. But the korban pesach, I do care about juices. I can't have any liquid. I can't cook it in in, in fruit juice, okay? And because I need to emphasize that it's being roasted, but I might want to season it. So I could baste it or I could dip it. And then here the commentaries say, some people think while I'm cooking it, I'm basting it and dipping it. And some people think after I cooked it, I baste it or dip it in, let's say, wine or fruit juice if I wanted to, to give it flavor. And that would be fine. And so this line of the Mishnah seems to emphasize the, 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 the essence of this very essential aspect of the Korban Pesach, that it needs to be roasted. Now, why does the Korban Pesach emphasize in the verses, and there's so many verses saying it needs to be roasted. I think this links back to the, the essence of this meal that originally was a, a domestic meal, a home-based meal, right? I was in my home, in Mitzrayim, and I, before the Beta Megdash, I do this in my home, but I want to let you know that it's a korban. And one of the main signs that I let you know that it's a korban, even though I'm going to eat it myself as the owners, the one of the main ways that I know it's a korban is that it's roasted. Because all things that are korbanot, right, when they're consumed on the altar, that's basically called roasting, right? We, we call it consumed, but it's fire on, on meat. That's roasting, right? And so 
the emphasis that this can't be boiled in any way is an emphasis to state, despite the fact you're eating it in your home and that you're eating it, this is a type of korban. And once again, it wants to remind us that it's a type of korban, right? This emphasis that we have the korban at our home, maybe this is this equivalency that we're sort of like kohanim in some way, and that there's an equivalency between us and kohanim, or, and the nazir plays into that um, idea. Okay, that's a mention about korban pesach and how we season it. And then the last line of the Mishnah is a little bit detached. It says, May Tashmisho Shel Nachtom Yishfachu Mimnei Shehen Machmitan. The water used by a Nachtom, a Nachtom is a community baker, a baker who sells bread for a living, not a home based baker, a, 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 a someone who does um, sells, like in our first Mishnah, the idea that we could sell chametz, etc. Um, and this Nachtom is mentioned in other places in the Mishnah that he uses water. He dips his hands in water as he's shaping the bread, right? This helps, um, it helps him shape the bread into shapes and give it a, a smooth shine as it's covering and, or it cleans off parts of the um, dough from his hands. So he has this bowl or bucket of water that he's constantly dipping his hands in as he's baking. And here he might be baking matzah, but he puts the flour in the water and we can't let this thing sit around because it's going to become chametz. So he has to be careful that once he does it, he spills it out. And once again, like we saw in Mishnah Zion, he's going to go about his business. He's going to use flour and water. And he just has to find that right balance of how to make sure it doesn't become chametz. Interestingly, just if we were thinking about women and beauty products, I saw in the Tosefta, so I'm telling you it's interesting, that here in the Tosefta, once they talk about this water of the Nachtom, they also mention another habit that women had, that they used to bathe in this water. And because it also would make their skin feel soft, this, this water mixed with flowery, pasty stuff made their skin feel soft. And the Tosefta says that on, on Yom Tov, you can't do it because of the same worry that it's going to become chametz. Okay, and this is a kind of funny ending to the whole thing. It feels a little bit like a downer to me, this last line. I, I don't fully get why this is the focus at the end. I would have rather it ended with the Korban Pesach. But in the next and final unit of this session, we will have to look over the whole chapter and try, try to make some sense of it and try to build on the themes we already established in the first chapter. So I'll see you tomorrow for the last time. Thank you to our Pardes faculty. And a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning. And visit www.pardace.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardace.